started getting some color episode eight i'm jordos i am zach and we are back with some wrestling and we, last time we spoke it was 2019 now it's 2020 it's almost been a month mm-hmm you know shit happens man you know we're adults we have family we have to do the holidays and then sometimes you just need a break and that's what we needed yeah and now we're back i mean i will say this me being on a break i didn't watch a lot of uh, wrestling and i think that was a good thing because now i am pumped for 2020 we got the royal rumble coming up we have hard times coming up (laughs) And we also had the isn't NXT takeover happening? Yeah, on Saturday, I think. So there's going to be three days worth of big shows that we have to watch. Mm-hmm. So uh, the whole decade uh, project we're going to have might be a little on the back burner for a couple of weeks until we get back on that. Um, I don't know what we're going to do about covering all those. <laughs> um, we'll probably have to choose and then maybe i i say let us watch wwe and then if it sucks we'll keep it for the next episode <laughs> well i i think the and the takeover is probably going to be good mm-hmm. and then yeah and hard times is well i mean i feel like we're supporting nwa so we should talk about it no matter what mm-hmm. and then yeah if, if royal rumbles eh we'll, we'll save it for last yeah, because I, I think with NWA, their show is a little bit earlier. And you, you know fucking WWE, they have to have like their seven-hour fucking show. So hopefully yeah. hopefully Royal Rumble is not seven hours. Hopefully it's like five, maybe. Hard Times is probably just going to be like two hours and some change. I mean, we could probably, we might be, maybe we could just do the same thing we did last time, which is just talk about it after it's over. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then get off and then go watch some Royal Rumble because let, let's face it everybody if, if the card is not good at Royal Rumble you always are pumped for the Rumble no matter what yeah it's the Rumble yeah because usually they throw in some you know matches here and there and uh, we are going to be talking about the first ever Royal Rumble which was pretty much fucking 31 years ago holy shit the age of me 1988. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that Royal Rumble didn't have a world championship match. They had a contract signing. So, but I digress on that. We will talk about that a little later. Yeah. Zach, let's get into some, let's get into some NWA power. All right. So, Big Papa Pump. Is in fucking NWA. <laughs> I think it. I don't know if he's in it or not. He might have just like got showed up for that one sh- that one match. Mm. But they gave him a live mic and he got a promo and it was hilarious. He's like, you know what? I don't like fat asses. You know, well, you guys sit on your couches eating potato chips and getting cat calories. Like he said, calories wrong. He mm. said calories. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Keep in mind, I haven't seen Steiner in a long time. I think the last time I saw Steiner, he had hair on his head. And now he's completely bald. <laughs> he's totally bald. Uh, he doesn't really... Uh, he's wearing a t-shirt now and everything. 
Mm, covering up that fat. His arms are still jacked. It's, I notice he moves a little more stiff now compared to the last time I saw him, but he, God damn, he has to be about 60 now. Now, I saw the promo where he, he pretty much cut curses for about like a good two minutes. And he... <laughs> He, he's like, you see this title? This is the NWA tag team title. The original. Rock and Roll Express, I never liked you. And Nick Aldis gave me a chance to beat your ass. <laughs> Fucking love that. Mm-hmm. Nick Aldis was cracking up. I think he was legitimately cracking up at him. It was great. Yeah, I, I didn't really like what NWA is doing. It's the old time like promos and shit is what I really like about NWA the most. AEW does a shitty, shitty job with promos sometimes unless it's Chris Jericho or MJF and John Moxley. And then you have WWE where it's just like god awful and maybe like a couple here and there. But NWA every single character in that uh, federation is they have their own thing. Like Ricky Starks has his own thing. Uh, <laughs> who's Stroke that, Daddy. Yeah, who's that guy he was with? Who you called Guy Fury? Ziggy Dice, man. Dude, he was hilarious. <laughs> that guy is fucking great. Like he's pretty over the top. I found out uh, he is a guy that trained at Seth Rollins uh, wrestling school, so he's one of his students. Amazing. Believe it or not, that guy. I told. I had to describe that guy to my buddy at work. I was telling him about this dude who's like Ziggy Dice. I'm like, honestly, like the best way I could come up with, imagine a fat Dolph Ziggler if the 80s threw him up. Mm-hmm. That's just, that's what he seemed like to me. You ever, <laughs> like, you ever seen the show Eastbound and Down? Yeah, yeah, like somewhat. Yeah, he's pretty much him in wrestling fights. <laughs> uh, I wasn't really sold on that guy like when I saw him in that one match at first. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, like, I thought his work was okay, but he kept doing, like, outlandish. And I'm like, okay, I get it. Your name's outlandish. But then he was able to cut a few promos, and he won me over. Mm. <laughs> yeah, Stroke Daddy's good. That guy's good. And then I don't know what it is about Eli Drake. He always does this, like, flip-flop thing that kind of annoys me. And I don't know if he's playing both sides at all like he'll be like i'm with rock and roll express now i'm with the other team i think he's just kind of his own his own man kind of thing so to speak mm-hmm. like i don't think he's face or heel uh but i noticed on one of the episodes where i was catching up uh from over christmas that uh he's he's starting his own version of an austin chant yeah <laughs> <laughs> honestly that had me kind of rolling at first i was like Okay, and then the crowd started really getting into it, and they started saying, yeah. And then he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They just kept saying yeah to each other. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know I'm jumping around, but like this week's episode was pretty good because of the... I, I even liked the match where the Dawson brothers were uh, facing off each other for the tournament. I like that because yeah, they didn't they didn't hold fuck they didn't hold back. They whipped each other's asses and they're like brothers mm-hmm. and they're a tag team. <laughs> it's kind of cool. Because yeah, NWA does this thing where it's just like if there's not a lot of story into it, they'll put the story in the match, and it mm-hmm. they could either if they want to continue the story they can if they just want to make this a one off 
they can do that too and it's okay yeah what what else did i like uh i like the, the episode before th- this week's was also really good too mm-hmm. that's when all the strictly business stuff really started coming together uh which yeah that's another thing that happened was nick aldis formed a stable around himself <laughs> kind of like rick flair or something mm-hmm. it's called strictly business and it's got the wild cards and camille in it and that's them and then uh if you guys are wondering how that match with uh steiner and wild cards versus uh the rock and roll express and eli drake Ricky Starks had a match with Aldis, and apparently he took Aldis to the limits. Well, he did. And uh, Ricky Morton came on the road to give him five more minutes. Yeah, because he didn't submit. He had him in the cloverleaf, and he didn't. He never submitted. The time just ran out. Mm-hmm. And I like that promo. Ricky Morton's been doing some good promos. Yeah, his uh, the other guy. I always forget the other guy's name because his, Robert Gibson. His eye fucking gets to me <laughs> you can tell if if you never really were familiar with them you can tell which one talked and which one didn't because <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, uh they, they end the match or the end the promo and <laughs> he, he goes nobody messes with us i'm like what did he say <laughs> he said we're not gonna tell y'all who the guy is uh, we're, just gonna have to, we're gonna make him sweat it brother it was tim storm and eli drake mm-hmm which, by the way, Eli Drake, I was like, why? And then Tim Storm, I understood because of all this. But he didn't get a pop, pop at all. I didn't hear a pop. No, the, the reaction to him was kind of mild. The only thing I can think of is that they probably suspected he'd get it. Mm. But then again, I also suspected, I, I suspected Tim Storm would be on the team more than anybody. Just because of what's been going on lately. Yeah, let's talk about that, by the way, because Marty came during Into the Fire, and, uh-huh. and then we we got that one promo that he did with uh, Joe, the commentator. Oh, no, it was Stu. It was Stu Bennett, and you just never saw him again, and then Aldis went to fucking ROH, Ring of Honor, and did like an invasion angle. Yeah, they had a they had a show in Atlanta, so uh, Aldis dropped by and said, "You're in my backyard, brother. Nobody comes in my backyard." And that was kind of cool. They they showed that segment like on this recent episode of Power. I kind of I kind of dug it. Mm-hmm. And I guess this is their. I think Ring of Honor and NWA are building a working relationship together. That's a good thing because ROH is kind of slacking a little bit because of what AEW did where people just jump shipped over there because they were going to be on TV. They're going to get a bunch of money. Yeah. Um, but this kind of leads into another story I, I found and I wanted to talk about, uh, that Marty Skrull signed with ring of honor. Uh, and they also made him head booker. You yowch. That's like, I, I didn't expect that. Mm-hmm. I honestly didn't really expect him to sign with Ring of Honor either, but uh, I guess that's that sweetened the deal. Is like, well, you have your your head booker. They gave basically gave him full creative control of the fucking company. Mm-hmm. That's I just I can't believe that. Well, let's assume NWA and 
ROH are going to be doing like cross promotion kind of thing. Just think of the the somewhat dream matches you you could have with that. Yeah. And you know, you have two indie companies that could realistically if they get popular in any way could damage AEW. It could, yeah. It, it could take a little slice of the pie for themselves. And like already, they're they're doing that. Uh, they established that Nick Aldis was going to have a match with Flip Gordon at Hard Times. Mm-hmm. And so. it, and everybody thought Flip Gordon was going to go to AEW. And by the way, Flip Gordon is really good. I've never seen Flip Gordon work, so I, I really don't know anything about him. I just was like, his name's Flip Gordon. Okay. It, it, <laughs> I'm I'm trying to see who I can compare him to. I guess I would compare him to, uh, oh shit, Kofi Kingston meets uh, who is that one other high flyer? Justin Gabriel. Just Justin Gabriel. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh well. Um. Okay. I think I get it. I'll just have to see what the match is like. Come hard times, I guess. I found it weird that Flip Gordon like is going to go against Alvis. I guess they're milking the whole Marty Scroll versus Alvis, maybe? Well, that's because in the segment where he grabbed the mic and started talking and some Ring of Honor guys started trying to shoo them away, Flip Gordon was pushing Aldis and stuff. He put his hands on him. Uh, so Aldis called him out in particular. <clears throat> See, this is what I like. is that it's a slow <clears throat> burn to... Until all this gets his hands on Marty. Yeah. And that's how you book, brother. It's <laughs> booking. Mm-hmm. Not this fucking fast booking that both AEW and WWE do now. Not writing. There's no writing teams. Mm-hmm. Just booking. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I guess back to NWA Power. Yeah. What do you think about Melina, her promo? Um. Yeah, she's had some TV time since the last pay-per-view. Uh, she's doing pretty good, I think, so far. When she had that match, like, Tuesday, uh, she looked pretty good, I thought. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, she doesn't look like she has any real ring rust, I suppose. So I guess she's still been working. I just don't know where. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of looking forward to her match, or, yeah, I guess. Yeah, apparently she's going to be facing Allison Kay. Uh, next week. Was it for the title or just a match? I think it was for the title. Mm. I I don't really remember now. Interesting if Melina wins. Yeah, I'd be surprised. Something I've, uh, I, I chuckled because Melina came to the ring and there was that annoying kid who was just like screaming throughout the whole fucking uh, <laughs> show. And she did, like, this split thing and, like, bent over and stuff right in front of the kid. I was like, God damn. <laughs> was that kid a boy? Yeah, so he got a good look for his age. Hang on a sec. Alrighty. Yeah, so, you know, Melina and Alicia Fox? Oh, not Alicia Fox. I, I, something Fox or Vox. I, for, I keep on forgetting names. I keep on mixing every wrestler um but she was like weirdly pumped up and angry i guess because she's not winning i'm guessing that's what they're going with and melina had a good match with her and melina still looks good in the ring uh 
Okay, I'm back. Sorry. Who was Melina? <laughs> who was Melina facing? By the way, was it something Vox? It was Ashley Vox. That, yeah. that girl that's been on uh, their TV quite a bit since they started. What's her deal? Is she just like angry that she's losing all the time? Because, um, I don't think she's angry. I think she's just like trying really hard. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I get out of it anyway. And, and Melina, I, I was saying, I don't know if you were listening, like, Melina looks good in a ring. Like, the last time we saw her, she was, like, I guess, dusting off the ring rest. And I believe this one, this match that she just had showed that she was, you know, a little bit better. <laughs> oh, she was on point. She didn't do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. And another thing I really like what NWA is doing, and kind of AEW is doing a little bit, in increments is they know how to have the veterans teach the young talent like nwa is clearly taking the the veterans and pairing them up with the young talent to put over the young talent which they should yeah or like even if they get into a match with a veteran they lose they still learn something that's how it's supposed to work I got a question. If all this loses his title, who would you want to give it to? Uh, if it's anybody in NWA right now, uh, I can't think I, of anybody. I, I, I would say keep it on all this until you get somebody that's more legit. Like all this. I don't think anybody's super established for it yet, except it's gotta be Tim storm or James storm. That's it. Mm-hmm one of them okay. like i think eli drake could they could build him for a run and i think it might be what they're trying to do uh but i think it's going to be a long-term plan it has to be mm-hmm. is it he's he keeps bringing up is like he's ducking me brother he won't face me yeah you know <laughs> <laughs> and is pope the manager of eddie kingston and homicide no pope said he was not a manager he was just offering advice <laughs> and then at the end of that match, Pope was disappointed because they fucked up. Because mm-hmm. Homicide shouldn't be wrestling because his shoulders fucked up, and Eddie Kingston has a temper and he can't control it, and he causes him to lose. They should. <laughs> <laughs> I like Pope. I Pope looks good. That's what I was. Yeah, Pope uh, D'Angelo De Niro came to NWA over these uh, episodes over the holidays and stuff. And I was surprised. I was like, oh, shit, I had no idea. Like, I didn't hear anything about it. Mm-hmm. And he he was on commentary for, like, a match. He did a really good job. Uh, I heard that apparently he did commentary on Impact for a while. Um, He's great at that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I kind of hope he still wants to wrestle. I think he's kind of older now. I think he's in his 40s. But he looks fine. Like, I don't even, he doesn't even look like he really aged any. <laughs> No, that's what I said. He looked really good. I mean, I don't mind if he's just playing this manager but not really manager role because he's really good on the mic. Yeah, he's great. And I think wrestling, uh, they need somebody. They, they need managers back. Cause, uh, and I'm kind of giving a little hint in the Royal Rumble 1990, 1988, seeing Jimmy Hart like fucking be... Uh, like five managers. <laughs> yeah. He was like manager for like two different teams. And I think probably uh, Danny, 
Dangerous Danny Davis. Mm-hmm. And maybe some other singles wrestler, I forget. And that was like Bobby Heenan, too. There was the Heenan family. Yeah, you got Ted DiBiase, who's, uh, who bought Andre the Giant from Bobby Heenan. Yes, and Ted managed him for a while. But, but Heenan also had Rick Rude for a while. He had Earthquake, I think. Mm-hmm. And a couple other people I'm forgetting. But, yeah, managers were like a cornerstone of like 80s WWE back in the day. Yeah, and every time like WWE or even AEW do it, they do it the cheesy way. Just if they're gonna be on the mic, be a good fucking promo person. If you're not good on the mic, don't be a manager. I don't know. Oh no, yeah, like totally. I mean, I don't know. They have Paul Heyman. Like Paul Heyman's thing is, he's like, I'm not a manager. I'm an advocate. He's a fucking manager. Mm. <laughs> he just does. He just does that. Try to be contrarian. Side thing of uh, Paul Heyman since he brought him up. Did you see the segment where uh, Archers came out? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was great. He's like, I'm entering the Royal Rumble and I'm going to eliminate you, Paul Heyman. <laughs> I'm not in the Rumble! <laughs> and then he's like, my bad. <laughs> he just keeps going. Archers mm-hmm. <laughs> is kind of, and it's, I'm not saying it because they're the same race, but Archers is kind of like Pope. I mean, they're both good talkers, and one is obviously comedy, and then Pope is a little on the serious comedy side kind of things. Pope talks like one, like, I don't know, he kind of reminds me of, like, one of those really charismatic, like, 80s wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Like, it, that that can cut, like, a legitimately good promo. It's not always just catchphrase bullshit and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, like, our truth it, it can cut good promos. He's cut in different styles too. Like remember when he had his crazy gimmick, but little Jimmy, it, with, yeah, with little Jimmy and everything. Mm-hmm. And like now he's kind of like settled into this comedy role, but he's like one of the only people that can actually pull it off and like make it genuinely funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they give him like such garbage material, and he makes it work every time. Yeah, cause, and, and what's funny is they do the same joke over and over again, but he just kills it every time. It, it's it's yeah. weird. He's got he's got that comedic timing. He just I don't know. He has a way about him that's like really genuinely funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then and, and Brock Lesnar is doing like his fake laughing. I don't think it was fake. I think I think Truth was legitimately cracking him up. <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious. It didn't seem like it was fake to me. <laughs> All right. Well, NWA Power, what else did you want to talk about it? Uh, da, 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 da. I'm trying to think. Um, uh, I want to give a shout out to Tim Storm's promos and work recently. He's been doing a really good job. Mm-hmm. Very good. Just great baby face promos. Um, it makes me want to see... Tim Storm fight Nick Aldis again. And Nick Aldis has been doing great work too. He makes me not like him. That's hard to do. Mm-hmm. That's very hard to do. <laughs> but well, he does it. Well, I like what Nick Aldis did was he he turned that heel switch like really quickly. Because he was a guy like, oh, you know, on the face of this company, I, I truly love NWA. And he still does truly love NWA. He puts that in his promos as a heel. Um, but like... Out of nowhere, he became, like, this half baby face to, like, full-on heel. Like, fuck everybody. Yeah, he did it. Like, when they, when they started doing the Strictly Business shit, he went full heel. <laughs> He's, like, doing all the classic stuff. He's like, you want a match? 
No, you don't get a match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I like that because they got people got away from doing that thing where it's like the heel goes like, "You want to do it?" Well, no. Now, nowadays, usually the heel dumbly falls for that fucking trick. That you you want it, you're on. He ta- he takes the bait like more often than not. Now it's weird. Mm-hmm. It's like no, you should be a fucking asshole coward and refuse to give people that match. <laughs> like, yeah, and. I don't know where I saw it, saw it, but I've been seeing more uh, eye poking and raking. Like, bring that shit back. <laughs> yeah, one Dawson poked the other Dawson in the eye, mm-hmm. and then he attacked his brother's injured hand. Mm-hmm. It was yeah, you know, working body parts. Poke, thumb to the eye, McMahon. Stupid, it's like yeah, I knew he was going to do that, and I was like, no, you didn't. <laughs> Or, um, or did he? I don't know. Uh, I. Oh yeah, uh, Thunder Rosa and ODB had a good match on Power. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it was last week or week before, maybe. Um, but it, it was that was cool too. That stood out. I was like, oh, ODB still got it. Cool. <laughs> yeah, they're they're growing their women's division a little bit, like. I, in the beginning, I was like, it was just Allison K and just like these nobodies, and now it's like slowly growing. Where you have Melina, uh, you have Thunder Rosa now, and then you have like the newer wrestlers. And yeah, it, it, it's forming. It's it's definitely better than the AEW's women's division. Yeah, they at least have like some kind of plan, and they have like a champion that they can kind of hang their hat on. It's somebody that can cut promos and has a personality. And doesn't weigh 70 pounds. Yeah, I mean, hey, I'm not hating on her because she's so small. It's just half half the bat. You can't make your inaugural champion somebody that can't cut a promo. It's just a terrible idea. Mm-hmm. Well, you can blame Kenny Omega for that. I know. He's obsessed with getting over the Joshi wrestlers, over trying to establish, like, I don't know, somebody that can... I, I, you gotta have somebody to cut a promo. I just think that's mind-boggling still. Yeah, and I don't mind if she was champion, or at least have a mouthpiece for her. You know, if she doesn't speak full English, Michael Nakazawa, I believe, was like doing the translation. You could have had him be a manager in some sense to do promos. Yeah, or something, or just do do some of those uh those good uh vignettes they do like where you know like like where it shows them training or something or and then they talk you know mm-hmm. like those video packages like you could have Riho talk through the video package and it gets translated through there why don't you do that yeah New Japan does that that's better than nothing <laughs> they did that one time I think it was like for on uh, a full gear with, with the Emi Sakura match they did that with both of them that one time only mm-hmm Oh, well, I still don't know much about them outside of that. <laughs> yeah, now they have, uh, fuck, who's the, the dentist's name again? Britt Baker, she turned heel, I heard. Yeah, because she's like, you you barely here. The champion's barely here. We want the, the, you to defend your title. And like, Is that heelish? I, I, I guess, because she's like. That doesn't sound heelish to me. <laughs> The uh, oh my god, I'm so bad, and I'm sorry about this. I should be I I should be prepared for this, but the 
the other Japanese wrestler because there's so many fucking Japanese uh, women wrestlers in, in this. Uh, uh, Hikaru Shida. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Rio is getting attacked by the uh, hair cutting people, <laughs> and fantastic sams yeah she's the only one that came out and Britt baker was just sitting in the crowd still because they're doing that stupid uh wrestlers sitting in the crowd thing again i don't understand that they fucking work there mm-hmm. why it's bet hey, you know no you know what it's better than showing somebody backstage in a three-quarter view camera shot staring at a tv i fucking hate that wwe needs to quit doing it it's stupid well, you don't even have to show a TV. You could just have them, you know, come out. <laughs> well, you know, you know, they used to be able to do that shot better. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, it shows the backside of the TV and the wrestler looking at it. So you can see their facial expression instead of like three quarter turn. You see the back of their head and the side of their face. Well, I, I <laughs> my thing is. You know, during the 90s, uh, not a lot of TVs were wall-mounted, uh, wall and they were all on, like, entertainment centers, so you were able to put a camera there. Every That's f- true. That's true, but, you know, they could, they still have, like, production monitors and shit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they could just set one of those up, even. Like, maybe show... That would be an interesting shot. Like, show Charlotte back there crossing her arms, sternly watching the production monitor back there in Gorilla. Mm-hmm. You know, oh shit! You showed a backstage area. You don't. You're not usually supposed to show. I guess I don't know. Okay, they only they only do that like when they want to like beat up like Vince McMahon or Shane McMahon in gorilla position. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Cause you remember when AJ Styles slapped the shit out of Vince? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was kind of crazy. <laughs> and then nothing went uh, uh, from that. Oh, yeah, I remember that. He's like, that's the AJ I want. Yes. (laughs) And then it was just a lame story, just like usual. So are we done with NWA Power? Just like NWA Power is probably my number one show that I always look forward to watching. Yeah, same here, pretty much. Like, I still really like NXT, but, like, I I try to go out of my way to make sure I watch Power right now. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't... Yeah, there's not really much else I think worth mentioning. There was a brand new Austin Idol commercial. That was amazing. That was it. (laughs) (laughs) And what's funny is Austin Idol dresses like that everywhere he goes. It's amazing. (laughs) Apparently, yeah. It's pretty cool. I guess we could talk a little bit about WWE. Do you have any news on that? I mean, apparently Becky Lynch is facing against Asuka and... What was her thing? She's like, I don't want no awards until I beat an Oscar. What does that even mean? No, no. Like, what she's been going on about is that, like, the whole idea behind this feud is from last year at the Royal Rumble, Oscar was the only person to beat her in a match. Mm-hmm. And, like, ever since she won, you know, WrestleMania and stuff, and she still held on to the other title this whole time. She's beaten everybody else, but the, she never had another match with Asuka, even though Asuka beat her. So what she's saying is, the story is, is that WWE, the company, is protecting her from Asuka because I guess she's more marketable or something. And it's like, oh, if, if she loses to Asuka, it'll, it'll fuck everything up, mm. which is kind of interesting. Sure, I can, I can kind of buy that. Uh, 
that gets into smarky marky territory a little bit but i mean sure i I don't mind it as long as the story doesn't end up being cheesy no but like i guess what she's she's gone on to say is like i've become complacent and i need to be really be challenged and i don't care what they say we're gonna have this match so and you know oscar she doesn't give a fuck she'll whip anybody's ass and that and that kind of builds up on Asuka a little bit, and yeah, I like this because it's putting her over. Really, she's doing a great job putting her over in this whole thing. Yeah, but the thing is, Asuka has to win. I mean, if you want to have, there were so many times where, yeah, Asuka was a champion, but like literally next week or maybe the next month, she like loses her title and becomes irrelevant again. And I think having a win over Becky Lynch could possibly put Asuka over. I think, like, if they were smart, yeah, Asuka needs to beat her at Royal Rumble because I think this title run has run out of gas. Mm-hmm. And I, it's just because of booking more than anything. They, they've they not booked her title run very well ever since after WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. They've, they've gotten stuck in this mire of having her, like, and it's, this will sound like, uh, this will sound like bullshit because one of the things I always complain about is I hate that there's no long feuds anymore. But I swear to God, for like three months, they had Becky fe- like feuding with Lacey Evans shortly after she got called up. Mm-hmm. And it was like, what? Why is she all of a sudden getting a, a like, it didn't make any sense, you know, from a logic standpoint because what did she ever do to deserve that kind of spot you know and not even that is that they did that stupid storyline where oh seth rollins and becky lynch are a couple and i guess baron corbin chose uh lacey evans as the partner and they had that mixed tag bullshit that yeah that messed everything up too and so like that just made both of them like get kind of stuck in the mud for a bit. Mm-hmm. And then once that was over and Sasha came back, you know, that was a good little feud for a while. But then as soon as Sasha went to SmackDown, it was over. And then it was back to just, I don't know, nothing. It seemed like they didn't really know what to do after that was over. Mm-hmm. And now that now we're here and it's just like, I, you know, I think you should put Oscar over here just to, you could, you could, reignite the spark with Becky maybe after a bit. You could I don't know, have Charlotte do it this time. I'm something. Yeah. Yeah, this Royal Rumble is gonna be a little weird in my opinion because you have the Fiend versus uh, Daniel Bryan again, which to me that's a no brainer. The Fiend is gonna win unless some crazy shit happens where I, I don't know. Daniel Bryan wins out of nowhere, but I, I really don't see that happening. Yeah, I don't. I don't see that happening either. I still my my prediction remains that Roman Reigns will win the Royal Rumble. And he'll be the first guy to beat the Fiend. Mm-hmm. That's I. I keep hearing these rumors that he's he, they're gearing up to push him again, and I just don't think that's a good idea. Having him win the Royal Rumble is gonna make get get him booed again. I hope. They yeah, they, he's done that twice now, and people hated it both times a lot. <laughs> and it's just like they they finally got 
not through any fault of their own, Roman finally got to a point to where people stopped hating him universally. I wonder I wonder <laughs> if putting Brock Lesnar because they're noticing that Brock Lesnar is getting booze now because they just hate him being that part-time person. I wonder if they put him in the Royal Rumble just to see if maybe the booze would stop for Roman Reigns so that he would win. No, they'll boo it even more. Mm-hmm. I guarantee it. If, if it ends up being the two of them in the match, like at some point, like, oh my God, they're going to go ape shit. Mm. They're just going to be like, <laughs> it's going to be bad. Now, I think it would be a good move to have somebody not really like win the Rumble while throwing Brock Lesnar or Roman Reigns out of the match. You know, I would have somebody put them over that way, but they would never win. So, like, for example, let's just say I'm I'm forgetting wrestlers' names. But <laughs> What's he do? What's his gimmick? No, it, I guess I would just have like one of the set. I'll just say Seth Rollins. Fuck it, whatever. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll use Seth Rollins as an example. Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns are there, and, you know, let's say Roman, uh, Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns are by the ropes, and then uh, Seth Rollins comes and eliminates them. It, it, it's kind of like a red herring a little bit, like, oh, Brock Lesnar's in there, Roman Reigns is there, you know, those are the two favorites to win, and then you have somebody else come in and be like, fuck you two. Yeah. And then, I wouldn't have Seth Rollins win again. I don't know, that's weird. You did it too. There it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but no, no, I, I, I think they're they're just now starting to rehabilitate Seth. Now, I don't think that'd be a smart move. Messiah, <laughs> Seth, <laughs> the Messiah of Monday Night. Yeah, I'm like, okay, I'm digging it now. Mm-hmm. You're you're embracing this shit. You know, I, I don't, I haven't seen any promos he's cut yet since he started doing this. But I hope they go full on with this Messiah thing. And he's like, you all forsaken me! And he's like, fuck all this shit. Like, that would be great. Like, honestly, that would be good. I want him to be like in a, like a Jesus robe. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't know about that, but okay. <laughs> Do it, Seth. No balls. No balls, no glory. It's true. Mm-hmm. We need more edgy content. Mm-hmm. Um, not edgy for the sake of being edgy, just something with some bite to it. Yeah. Uh, I don't... Yeah, other than I don't I don't really know what else is going on right now in WWE. Like uh John Morrison returned and I that's cool. I always liked him. Mm-hmm. Uh and I guess Miz and Morrison reunion is happening, like maybe, which I'm okay with. As he as long as yeah, I think Miz is getting ready to turn heel, and I guess Morrison's gonna be heel too because that's his friend. Mm-hmm. So will the dirt sheet come back? Maybe because the dirt the dirt sheet was fun. <laughs> I don't know, man. I the only thing I care about is the rumble and this it, uh, this Royal Rumble coming up because I don't care for the AJ versus Randy Orton thing. Don't give a shit about that. Don't give a shit about the Fiend and the Daniel Bryan, even though that might be a good match. I just I don't know how you would have a supernatural wrestler versus a. Uh, a yes movement to be good in any way because the uh, supernatural wrestler is going to be over no matter what because you can't kill him. 
He couldn't kill the Undertaker either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> until everybody in the locker room killed him. <laughs> until Brock, what happened? Until Brock Lesnar gave him a head concussion. Nah. No, there was that one time that, that everybody, all the heels came out of the locker room and, and beat the Undertaker so badly that he died. Do you not remember that story? No. <laughs> I think that was one of the Royal Rumbles, one of the er- the early 90s Royal Rumbles. I, It was one of the pay-per-views. I thought it was that one. But I, I think it's when Undertaker is feuding with Yokozuna. And then, like, I don't know what caused it to happen, but all the heels came from the back and just they all beat the hell out of the Undertaker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then... They did this shit where, like, his, uh, like, he got carried out or some some shit and put in a casket by the heels, and there's like he's dead, and then he was on the Titantron, and he's like, I may have died, but I'll come back or some shit. Mm. And just, <laughs> so yeah, he has died already. Like, <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. It is what it is. NXT Takeover is going to be taking more of my time than anything. Under the WWE umbrella, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what they have in store because I haven't really, I haven't watched any since like the before the break we took. Mm-hmm. Like all the last thing I remember happening was Rhea Ripley beat Shayna Baszler, so now she's NXT Women's Champion, mm-hmm. and that's that's the last big thing I remember happening. So. Well, anything they do is, like, uh, good. It's either good or it's fucking amazing. It never dips below good, so that's a good thing. Consistent. It's the most consistent wrestling product. It just is. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Uh, Sad news happened. Uh, The Rock's father, what is it, Rock Johnson? Rocky Johnson. Soul Man Rocky Johnson. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, he passed away. So rest in peace, Rocky Johnson, and my condolences to Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Yeah, he hasn't. You know how Rock is super active on social media. Mm-hmm. Well, he hasn't said shit for like over twelve hours. <laughs> so, yeah. I yeah, he's probably out of the loop now. Mm-hmm. I, I so, yeah. people are actually tweeting within his old post and saying like their condolences and stuff. And you know what? Condolences and everything, but you don't really need to post that your father died. Just be with your family. Who cares about the other people on social media? They don't. Yeah, need- that 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 was more or less me say like saying, yeah. Unlike a lot of other people, he just fucked off. Mm-hmm. And I don't blame him either. <laughs> That's totally natural reaction. Mm-hmm. Okay, so my condolences on that. And uh, I guess we'll move into a little Impact news. <laughs> First, I'll get this out of the way. Uh, Impact got banned on Twitch because... Uh, still funny to me. They, they, they by accidentally showed RVD's like, girlfriend's nipple in one of the segments and stuff. And that's against TOS. But... <laughs> Whatever. <clears throat> it's not like they were getting like a thousand viewers anyway on their fucking uh, no. channel. That's so fucking embarrassing. I still I still can't believe that. That mm. Impact was on Twitch and they were using employees' phones to stream it. Mm-hmm. That's so... 
that is lower than Bush League. I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> just is. And in other news, uh, there was some drama over the Ugh. the weekend. There was a lot of drama. So Tessa Blanchard went on Twitter, I believe, and she said like a comment where, you know, what was it? Something about give help in the uh, put faith. women should women should help each other up, lift each other up, and stick together and shit. Mm-hmm. You know, it was one of those women solidarity things. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> she opened a huge can of worms with that one. Yeah, other uh, women wrestlers came out like Big Swole, Allison K from NWA. There was uh, some NXT wrestlers as well. Mm-hmm. Some others on the indies. Yeah, and they all said that she was a bully backstage. And she said the N-word to uh, another wrestler. So, I... Here's my thing. The timing... It's it's on both sides, I want to say. You know, on one hand, she made the open invitation for somebody to call her out on that. Cause that saying, it's like I said before, like you can't say a statement like that and then be like a total fucking asshole. Mm. Apparently. Like, yeah. And, and on, on the other hand, you got to think, even though a lot of people hate intergender uh, matches, uh, I'm one of them. Mm-hmm. She had a match with uh, Sammy Calla, whatever. Callahan, you almost had it. Mm-hmm. You're two thirds. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> in my opinion, Sammy Callahan should beat the shit out of Tessa Blanchard. <laughs> but uh, with Impact, they always want to do the you know stuff to put them over, I guess, which doesn't really matter because they suck anyway. It, to me, this is just further destroying any credibility that they even possibly have left i know there's like people that are fans of that and they they really want to see intergender wrestling for some reason and i can't wrap my head around it especially like on wwe like triple h gets questions all the times when he does like those q a's mm-hmm. like on facebook or something people are always asking him, will there be intergender wrestling and like he just always goes like no <laughs> like last time he was just like I don't, I get this question all the time, and I keep giving the same answer. I don't know why it keeps coming up. I would have, I would, I would have one-offs. I would have like people the size of China, uh, Nia Jax, or like Nyla Rose, just like all the bigger women, uh, big in size and big in like muscle size, face somebody as a man. But I wouldn't make it a thing. Like, yeah, I could buy, I could buy them. Maybe like you know attacking a man if they're small enough size mm-hmm. but like people those people want to see matches like becky lynch versus roman reigns roman reigns would beat the shit out of her no no doubt <laughs> he outweighs her by over 100 pounds he's the big dog <laughs> he is the big dog people want to see fucking eric rowan fight dana brooke like, that's just kind of shit they want to see. And it's just like, no. Like, mm-hmm. What the hell's wrong with you all? It has to make sense, and there has to be a storyline to it. Like, the whole storyline when China versus Eddie Guerrero was a thing. And then... 
actually really liked that angle. It was it was funny. Mm-hmm. At least it was a story. It wasn't like, oh, I just want to have this because you know that's my favorite women wrestler and that's my favorite male wrestler. They should battle each other. It's like that's that that's killing the business. It's yeah, and I know. And then their dumbass argument is, well, it's fake anyway. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, well, I don't go to a movie and then say, well, you know, this movie isn't real. Fucking idiot. What kind of argument is that? <laughs> it's like Britt Baker going against, like, fucking Chris Jericho. <laughs> yeah, that's another one. That's the kind of shit they want to see, though. And I just, I just, I don't, I don't get it. I flat out don't get it. Mm. But anyway, Tessa Blanchard won. And before her match, um, they were, like, saying she's a bully, she she's a racist and all that stuff. And my thing is, the timing was terrible for those like accusations because in their right mind they know like the bullying thing they they know that she would have probably got away with because a lot of wrestlers are assholes Mm -hmm. i want to say majority of them and they knew that saying she's a bully would be like so what you know don't be a fucking snowflake so the next big thing they could do to damage her character is call her a racist. Yep. And to have no proof at all, just to have the uh, other women coming out saying, yeah, she said the N-word. And we all know how women work. They all flock together and they all say this bullshit. That it's kind of like they eat their own in a way. Yeah, like, honestly, the best comment I saw about this situation was somebody said, this is like the, the Mean Girls thing, mm-hmm. in a way. It's like they didn't, nobody ever, I don't, like, I don't know what happened. That's that's the biggest thing about all this, is nobody really knows what happened, and I don't think we ever will. Mm-hmm. All we have to go on is just what a bunch of res- girl wrestlers say on the internet. That's all we got. And, like... They they said this is like Mean Girl stuff, and it was like it looks like nobody ever really tried to have a a genuinely constructive conversation about this. Like there there hasn't been a confrontation about you know there's like if there's actually a problem, you go to somebody and you fucking hash it out. Well, I heard instead it's like they're attacking over the internet or something. I heard Tessa got backup from Moose. Yeah, Moose backed her up. I, I heard about that. And I think a couple other people did too. And Impact could have cashed in on this drama, by the way. Like after the match, she did like a little speech and th- and stuff. I, I mean, yeah. I wouldn't come out and be like, "Yeah, I said the n word," but like I would have been, <laughs> I would have been, no. like, I would have been like, "Yeah, fuck those bitches. They got nothing on me. I'm the Impact champion. What are you gonna do about it?" And you would have heard all those fans fucking going nuts. I think, right, it seems to be like they're doing the silent treatment right now. They're just ignoring it. Like, mm. she's not talking to anybody. She's not giving any interviews. And I don't know. It looks like Impact isn't doing anything about it either. And I guess, like, I guess their hands are tied anyway because they went, went ahead with this no matter what. So mm-hmm. be kind of shitty to, like, oh, we did this sensational headline. This girl beat this guy for the world title or world championship. And then suddenly we have to strip it off of her. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're fucked either way, like, honestly. Well, I mean, if you want to keep her credibility, 
I guess you would have to keep the title on her, but that's going to kill the company now because it's like you have this woman who could get literally beat up by any any male in in that locker room. I saw the funny the funniest thing I saw about this. So it has nothing to do with this this drama, but I saw Taya Valkyrie say something like, "I want to be the first person to fight her for that title," and that that is fucking hilarious to me. Because it was essentially like, okay, so women just co-opted the main event title, and it's just, I guess that's it. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> like, that's what it seems like. I'm just like, that's kind of fucked up. Like, well, so, so somebody tweeted to Sammy, uh, Sammy Callahan, and, uh, and said, "Hey, man, do it for the bros. Go for the knockout championship." <laughs> <laughs> wow. I think that oh. would, I, I think that would be interesting. You know, Sammy Callahan just goes to the women's division, the knockout division, and just fucking owns it, all the women. Yeah, he just beats up whoever the fucks the knockouts champion. I guess it's like I don't know who it is, mm-hmm. but yeah, it just destroys her. And then, like, well, guess what I did? I got <laughs> I got this. Like, I I don't even really like Sammy Callahan, but like just. I don't his career is beyond dead now, I have to say. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like, I could see them doing some stupid where Sammy Callahan gets the knockout championship and faces Tessa to fucking unify it. That sounds like something stupid that TNA would have had Eric Young do ten years ago. Mm-hmm. That's that's exactly what that sounds like. <laughs> We've gotten nowhere. We've made no progress. Yeah, and I guess that's the Tessa story. I mean Impact. Every time they get a little, a little like two steps forward, they go back like a hundred steps. Usually, and it could be some their own fault, or it could be something that totally isn't in this case. Mm-hmm. Just, I don't know. Tess is a good wrestler. I, I like her work, but it's I don't know. I there were rumors going around that WWE didn't sign her because she had attitude problems. Apparently, mm-hmm. <laughs> so that that that's been the prevailing rumor. Which, in my opinion, I mean, I don't know if it would work in today's locker room, but I, you kind of miss the assholes because they're the most char- uh, charismatic uh, wrestlers that could do promos. Uh, I don't know about that. That depends. Mm-hmm. Like, for every guy you could say that was an asshole and do a great promo, I could probably name several that weren't and still did great promos. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I'm tired of the whole. Everything's fine and dandy here in the locker room. Let's fucking put a little spice in there. I don't know. As I, I'm not the type of person to be like, I'm gonna come to work every day and bully your ass because I just want to make your life miserable. But stop doing this like SJW PC bullshit that I'm starting to see in every locker room. In wrestling now tell him Cornette. <laughs> no like honestly like if i could read the the room and so to speak in terms of wwe's locker room i don't even really think it's like that i think it's just everybody is really chill and they kind of get along mm-hmm. it's just like a, a good work environment where everybody's kind of cool with each other nowadays used to not be like that mm-hmm but like that that's kind of the vibe I always get about their locker room now is just like, you know, everybody's kind of friends and if they're not friends they're you know, they're okay with each other. But man, in the attitude era, there's always, there was always stories about like, it was like fucking shark tank. 
like people were always like trying to outdo each other and shit and there's pol- politics shit going on still mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff like that yeah that, that's the end of tessa i mean there's nothing really to talk about there is no evidence you know people talking out of their ass on social media maybe maybe not i don't know just we don't know the facts and i don't think we'll ever know the facts the the byline is it's stupid and we don't know mm-hmm. <laughs> do you have any other news because that's the only ones i could think of i mean AEW is AEW until something happens <laughs> yeah uh that they got their three-year contract with TNT. Oh yeah, that God, I forgot about that. Yeah, which is like that was surprising, and uh, that's a long time. Mm-hmm. So it says to me, TNT kind of believes in the product, or they're willing to give them a decent amount of time to do something. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't mean, know. I mean, which could I mean it, it still could end bad for AEW if they still keep on doing these bad habits. Where Basically, a to me, AEW has every chance to succeed now. Mm-hmm. Like, the ball's in their court. They need to start, stop fucking, start, stop fucking around. <laughs> like, like honestly, I don't know how else to put it. Do you think they were fucking around being like, oh, we got this TV deal. Let's just write it out and have fun. Uh, I don't know if it's that per se. I think it was more like they were like kind of getting high off the smell of their own farts a bit. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, like Kenny Omega doing his shit and the Bucks, the way they booked the tag division. It's just like, I would get those guys out of creative. I just, I don't think they have the right minds for it. Who would you put as creative though? I mean. Cody. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like Tony Khan apparently is very involved in creative too, but Cody, Jericho, uh, I mean, you could always tell when Tony Khan's involved because there's blood. He's an, J- he's an ECW fan. JR. JR's done done some book, his shit, fair share of booking. He's there. Mm-hmm. Use his use his mind. He's been around forever. Like <laughs> The way I see it probably is JR probably goes in the room and goes, can we stop doing this flippy bullshit? And yes. And they're and they're probably like, no, that's that's our way of wrestling. He's like, well, f- fuck this, I'm not booking it. Well, fuck it, it's I'm gonna I'm gonna trash it on the air. And you <laughs> can't tell me no. <laughs> uh, I I don't know. They, they and then you know they got Arn Anderson too. That's another guy's brain they can pick that, that's been around forever. Have you been seeing his gimmick lately, where he's like this coach trainer for Cody Rhodes? Yeah, I, I'm okay with that, though. I kind, I kind of like that. He holds this piece of paper up on, on what moves Cody should do. And every time he goes up to Cody, he covers his mouth with that piece of paper and tells him what to do. I think it's just funny. <laughs> yeah, like, like, I haven't seen it play out, but I like that idea. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I got to say there are other pay-per-view. Uh, if I remember correctly, I think we gave it like a mediocre score. I think you, I thought you scored it higher than me. I, I can't really remember what you scored it, but I think I gave it like a, a six. I think I gave it a seven. I'll have it up here in a sec. You can keep flapping your gums while I check. Let me tell you something, Jack. Jack. Um, full gear. There it is. Yeah, I think I have full gear somewhere. 
full gear, I gave it. Oh my god! <laughs> Actually, I gave it six point seventy five. Mm. I remember like it was, I it was remember. almost good. Yeah, I think I gave it a seven. I can't find it on my thing. I have so many docs in my Google Docs. So maybe that was all out. I think where we were a little further apart. Because mm-hmm. I, I I wasn't terribly impressed with all out. Here's my thing. I do love stables, but I don't love stables where it's the same theme. And it seems like they keep on having like these gothic, uh, dark themed stables. And I'm just like, stop it with that bullshit. You're right. Like I saw this on uh, one of the Facebook wrestling pages I like. They they took a tweet and reposted it. And it's I didn't think about this, but somebody else did, and it said. AEW has three different stables that are doing the recruit. I want to recruit you story at the same time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, wow, like this is what I'm talking about. Like, they, they need somebody to tell them like, no, like stop. We're already doing this here mm-hmm. or something. Like it just seems like they don't have that. There's nobody filtering. Yeah. When MJ upturned on Cody Rhodes, like we all knew it was going to happen. We just didn't know when, and it happened too soon. I think if you would have slow burned it to the point where it's like, oh, maybe it's never going to happen. And then it happens. That and MJF was still acting like a heel. So it made him like extra suspicious anyway. Mm-hmm. So it was like, oh, he acts so he's cool. He acts like a baby face when he's around Cody. But when he has a match, he's like a huge fucking asshole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that makes no sense. Like... I don't know. Uh, any, any other news that we should talk about? No. All right, I think it's time we get into some Royal Rumble. We're here in Ottawa, Canada with this capacity crowd. Like, you know, old Vince McMahon commentary. Mm-hmm. Very old, where, you know, he said, what a maneuver. What a maneuver. But Honestly, I... he, has, he had a great announcer voice. Like, I, I never did... I, some people don't like Vince's commentary work. I always kind of liked it. I have like a soft spot for it. The thing with uh, the commentating team of uh, Vince McMahon and Jesse Ventura is uh, if they're not together, they're not good. <laughs> like if they're separate, uh, there's sometimes when Jesse Ventura is paired up with somebody, I'm like, oh, it's Jesse Ventura. He's always going to be that Minnesota wrestler. It's where he's like, I'm Jesse Ventura. No, when when Ventura was with Gorilla Monsoon, that was a great pairing too. Mm-hmm. I guess it's Vince then. Like if Vince is teamed up with he, Vince was pretty okay with Macho Man as well. When I don't remember as much of that. Like it, I don't. I like I think <clears throat> that's like around when I started watching. Like, well, it wasn't when I started watching wrestling, but that's when I was starting to like get more into it. But I haven't seen any of that stuff since then. Whereas I've watched more 80 stuff since then. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I've seen a lot of the 80s combinations. There's Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan, Gorilla and Ventura, Ventura and Vince. Mm-hmm. And I think Bobby Heenan and Vince did commentary. I think there was a brief period where they tried that. Yeah, a little bit. And then they were just like, what? I think JR kind of went in a little bit, and they're just like, nah, and then he went to WCW, if I remember correctly. I don't know. Tony Schiavone was uh, 
I th- he had a very brief trial run at WWF back then. I don't know if a lot of people know that or not. Mm-hmm. And then it just it didn't work out for some reason. I don't know why. Because <laughs> Vince saw the future. He's like maybe he, he's going to WCW and AEW. Fuck that guy. <laughs> um, but uh, Jesse Ventura, his fucking outfits are like hilarious. He's always wearing like a tie dye shirt, and, like some kind of weird bandana. Mm-hmm. And he used to be a little bit more outlandish. He like if it's earlier eighties, he'd like have the crazy earrings and like some kind of loud ass sunglasses. <laughs> but uh, like I don't know. I like we we were doing this thing where we were each gonna pick like a Royal Rumble to watch before the Royal Rumble for this year. Mm-hmm. And like I picked this one mostly for historical significance. Yes. I was like, you know, I've never seen the first Royal Rumble. I guess I should watch it. <laughs> and I picked the, uh, my, mine is the 1992 Royal Rumble. And that's another historic uh, Royal Rumble as well. That's the one where I think people finally got sick of Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. If I remember right. That was like the biggest thing to take away from that. <laughs> and then you had that epic promo with the person that I won't spoil yet. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, don't spoil it because I haven't watched it. Okay. <laughs> um, so let's get into the first match. It's Ricky the Dragon Steamboat versus the Ravishing Rick Rude. Yep. And uh, if I remember correctly, did Rick Rude have an entrance? Because I, I turned my head and then all of a sudden he's in the ring. No, they kind of glossed over it. They like Vince and Ventura spent the time kind of building the show up. And, uh, like, then it cut to Rude in the ring. And, but I don't know, though, because I, me and you noticed immediately that they made edits mm. to this. Like, they, they changed Rick Rude's theme to that really generic-ass shit. I don't know what it is. But it's it's definitely not his theme from the 80s at all. Yeah, and Ricky's Steamboat had, like, Sega Genesis, like, Asian music. <laughs> yeah, like his was also edited. I don't know why. Here's the thing. Like I watched the whole show and I I tried to pay very careful attention to that to see if they did it anymore. And I don't think they did. It was just for like that one match. And um, I, was, I was like, why? Like what the hell? I'm trying to think because uh, they did have Hulk Hogan's, you know, I'm a real American. And then yeah. there was there was other edits as well. I think they just lost the rights to the music so they couldn't use it anymore. I guess. But I, I thought they had uh, uh, Jim Johnson already back then doing music for everybody. I don't know. Maybe when you lose him in the future, you just you can't use his property anymore. All I can say is, is like we both had the same reaction. We were like, what the fuck is this? And then... You had the same reaction I did. I didn't have to say it. You did. It's like, this makes me just want to go buy the DVDs or something. Mm-hmm. I was like, yes. I don't even care if it's a VHS tape at this point. I'd rather have that because it bothers me so much. Yeah, because I think I might uh, start collecting the old uh, wrestling DVDs and stuff. Yep. I still got some, but uh, yeah. Uh, what did you think about this match? Um, I think it was interesting how it was really technical more than anything. Because you would think Ricky Steamboat, he'd do like some high-flying stuff. It was more of groundwork than anything. 
Uh, Rick Rude did a little more heel tactics where he would also do what uh, Steamboat was doing and work on the legs and arms, and he did a little eye poking here and there. He did some punch. Thumb to the eye, McMahon. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite move. Oh, and can we fucking take that uh, megaphone away from that fan, please? Yeah, there's some obnoxious fucking bitch in the front row that has a megaphone. (laughs) And, like, I I don't know if I tuned it out or somebody fucking said something to her after a while, but, like, I didn't notice it anymore after, like, that match. Mm. (laughs) Like, either way, I'm glad it didn't keep coming up. Um. I think but, I think during the uh, Dino Bravo thing, like somebody probably went up to her and be like, "Hey, you need to stop that, or we're going to take it away from you." It was super distracting, honestly. Yeah. But uh, it, like, yeah, I I thought this match was pretty good though, and it's it's cool because I'm a fan of both guys. Mm-hmm. The thing about Steamboat is is depending on, I guess, how much. WCW or, or uh, Mid-Atlantic or NWA wrestling, whatever you want to call it, is going to depend on how much of a good wrestler you think Steamboat is. Because if all you've ever seen is his WWE work, you think, yeah, he was pretty good. And that was it. Mm-hmm. But if you saw any of his crap from like Jim Crockett promotions, all that, all that stuff, you'd realize like he's an amazing worker. He's probably one of the best wrestlers of that time period. And Ricky Steamboat was fucking jacked in the 80s, huh? Yeah, man. And Rude was too, though. Oh, Rude has always been jacked. He's, you know, he's that ravishing Rick Rude. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, nothing, nothing. I mean, it, it was a great match. I'll say that. But it was nothing like, oh, wow, this is like five-star match no it, it wasn't like super special but it was just good it was fun mm. i, I uh, had did, did you want to rank these at all uh, i did i rank everything okay I, I ranked it as well i just wanted to make sure uh if you don't have anything else to say about it because i could see why because i didn't write very many notes mm-hmm. but I, I got several impressions from this which was like man see but they were doing like knuckle walks you yeah. know, like the, the test of strength thing, and people were going ape shit mm-hmm. for that. And then, like, when Steamboat would escape from the, the knuckle lock, that got, like, a huge pop. And he did, like, an arm drag, and it popped the crowd. And I'm like, oh, my God, these people are going ape shit for an arm drag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, nowadays, you do, like, a fucking dive where you almost kill yourself to to struggle to get that reaction. Yeah. And it, that kind of goes back to a lot of the stuff you hear, like, some of the more old time guys say where it's like, man, everybody's working way too hard to get a good reaction now. <laughs> well, I mean, back then that was the thing. And I, I guess I could see why Vince was always high on people who were super jacked. And it was all about like power because, you know, doing those power moves and the arm drags and tests of strength where they lock knuckles and they're trying to like do the, remember the mercy game where you like, take the hand and like turn it upside down and pull it up. Yeah. Rude was basically doing that to him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Like, yeah, I don't know. And that, that's kind of like, here's those guys aren't like just muscle head wrestlers though. That's the thing is like, they were both really athletic guys. Mm-hmm. 
and they could do a lot of moves. And like it's like I already said, Steamboat was probably one of the best workers back around that time. Mm-hmm. But Rude did some good stuff too. He was healing it up for a while, just a lot of punches. I remember Vince is like, all he's doing is punching. He's <laughs> <laughs> just like it made him mad. Um, I like that. You remember when Rude got him in the camel clutch? Yes. He was working a camel clutch for a long time, too. And then Steamboat did that thing where he basically deadlifted him and it went to an electric chair, and that like that got a huge pop. Mm. That's cool, too. That was a really good counter. Like I can't ever recall seeing counters like that that much from around that time. Yeah. It, it was an overall, like, I, I'm not surprised that they put Steamboat and Rick Rude at number one match because I was like, that was a pretty decent... It was around 16 minutes and 40 second match. Yeah, it was a good opener. It was a good chunk, and like people were fucking hyped for it. This was kind of like, uh, you know, the cruiserweights going in, and even though they weren't cruiserweights. <laughs> and then, the cool thing too is they had a good a good ending for the match that didn't really hurt anybody either. Mm-hmm. They, Where they all came out strong. Yeah, it was like uh, there was like a ref bump. It was on purpose. Like, Rude shoved the referee into Steamboat's way when he was doing a crossbody or something. Mm-hmm. And then, like, eventually, I don't know, I think he cheap shot at Steamboat and he was getting up and he put him in a backbreaker submission. Referee got up and called for the bell, and it looked like Rick Rude won and he was leaving the ring. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, from disqualification, Steamboat. And, it was like, and he's like, what? <laughs> and it, it was kind of like a non-ending, and some people hate that, but... I, I think you should have more endings like that because it creates more intrigue. And you could build off of more matches with them. Yeah, because it's like, see, there was no definitive ending to this contest, so it's like, well, then we, I want to see it again. Damn it. Yeah. What's wrong with today's wrestling is, it, for example, we'll take Rick Steamboat and Rick Rude, and today they would just have Steamboat and Rick Rude face on SmackDown and Raw, for like four weeks and then and trade wins. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. And then have a rubber match at pay-per-view. Yeah. And that's, that sucks. And that's why everybody gets sick of everybody. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I gave this match a seven out of 10. So did I. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a, That's a good, we're on, we're on the same roll. Yeah. All right. Match number two. Uh, this was a two out of the threes fall match for the WWF Women's Tag Team Championship. Uh, Oddly, the timing of this was kind of strange because, like, you know, they have that that one now that they just introduced last year. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, well, here's the old one. I think a lot of people didn't even remember that they had one. Yeah, and uh, (laughs) I messaged you. I was like, God damn, women in the 80s have horrible asses. I, I mean, well, the two, the two, the, the glamour girls managed by the illustrious Jimmy Hart, mm-hmm. they're, they were older ladies. Like, you know, and I'm not saying they were old, but they were like, they looked to be like maybe in their forties at that point already. Mm-hmm. Maybe even like early fifties. Yeah. Which the glamour girls was Judy Martin and Leanna Kai. Leilani Kai. Yeah. And then facing it off with the jumping bomb angels. <laughs> it was like hit Suki and I I don't remember that. Like Vince didn't even fucking know their names. 
it, it, <laughs> it was really funny. It, it was funny, but it was like terrible at the same time. He's like, Jesse Ventura's like, well, how do you tell the difference? He's like, well, one's red, one's pink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dude, oh, come on. You booked this shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> come on, dude. And uh, it was a good match. I. It's pretty good. I was like, ah, oh, women's match. It's it's probably gonna be quick, but then I'm like, wait a second, two out of two out of three falls match, and you have Jimmy Hart as a manager. Nothing can go wrong with this, and nothing went wrong because it was good. The Glamour Girls were clearly the veterans. It seemed like, and then you had the Jumping Bomb Angels, which I still find a funny ass name. Uh, they were the the Asians that did like. All the high flying moves and and a little bit of strong style in there, yeah. And I I really digged it because I mean they, obviously they did the whole one team wins the other team wins and then the third match happens kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a a couple of high flying moves that the jumping bomb angels did. I I forgot what they were. I should have wrote them down. Uh, one of them did a senton, like a top rope senton bomb. Mm-hmm. That's that was not a, a normal occurrence back then. Yeah. Uh, just the, like nowadays, that's not a, a huge move unless Akira Tozawa does it because he gets so much fucking air. <laughs> but uh, that's more of a fat guy move nowadays. Yeah, and uh, I think that's where Vince said, "What a maneuver!" What a maneuver! He didn't know what the fuck to call it. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, there are some other pretty innovative little moves here, too. Like, I noticed they were doing, I think both, like, women from each team did this move, I think, where it looked like they they were going to do an atomic drop, mm-hmm. but instead of dropping them on their knee, they just straight dropped their ass on the ground. <laughs> and I was like, God, that fucking hurt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, ow. I, there were a couple botches, I think. It, it, usually that comes down to language barrier. Where, yeah. you know, they said they're going to do this and then they just missed their spot. Um, but it wasn't too noticeable because they did recover right away. Yeah, it wasn't like really super awkward and fuck the pacing up. Mm-hmm. It was just like little mistakes, like somebody slipped or somebody what the positioning wasn't right. And then it got adjusted very quickly because people knew what the hell they were doing. Mm-hmm. So it was like, oh, OK, it's fine. And I, and I love that the women did uh tag team tactics where you know they were pretty much every time the referee was distracted the other teammate would do something and then this is like that's illegal he's like and jesse is like no that's a strategy vince and then like when one of the baby faces would do something illegal you're not complaining about it now mcmahon <laughs> <laughs> i fucking love that oh man the commentary is just underrated in this it's so good uh, did, um, did you notice? I, I think the first fall, uh, or it might not. It might have been the second fall. Judy Martin did that one move. It's called alley oop usually, but it's I essentially I call it a reverse power bomb. Mm-hmm. And she beat the one of them with it, and I was like, "Holy fuck!" <laughs> like I didn't expect that to happen. Yeah, I didn't. Here's the thing: I didn't even know this was a two out of three falls match because I was like, "Oh, Glamour Girls won." And then all of a sudden they did like this weird zoom out kind of thing back to like Jesse and Vince. We'll be back. Yeah. And then they zoomed back in and like, here's the second match. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> Let's get back in the action. 
yeah it was like a quick commercial break thing i think for back then mm. uh but like I, I that move when she did that move it, it took me by surprise i didn't expect to see that uh, just because of the time period and then immediately it made me think wow hers is like a million times better than bianca belair's because <laughs> it was like way faster mm-hmm she was just like, wham! It just like launched her ass. I was like, holy fuck, that was good. Yeah, and Jimmy Hart did uh, really well with the. He was like yelling at the crowd, especially the one with the megaphone who wasn't using the megaphone when the person with the megaphone manager was there. So I, I'm guessing security went up to her and said, "Hey, bitch, you need to stop that because there's only one person with a fucking megaphone, and that's Jimmy Hart." Don't be doing gimmick infringement. Mm-hmm. On Jimmy Hart. Don't be getting in megaphone shouting matches. <laughs> God, that's probably what they were trying to prevent. I guarantee you probably some of the fans are like, yo, shut up. Like, Yeah, that had to be annoying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, Jimmy Hart's great. And I was saying this in the beginning. I was like, we need more managers in wrestling that are like, uh-huh. like Jimmy Hart and Bobby Heenan and Ted DiBiase. Oh, what do you think about a uh, Robert Stone? Did did you remember seeing that like on NXT? No. Oh, okay. Robbie E, formerly of like you know Impact Wrestling and shit, mm. just was showed up on I guess last week's NXT, and he he, lo- he appears to be a manager. He's Robert Stone, and he has the Robert Stone brand. Oh. And I guess I guess Chelsea Green is his first pick. Oh, yeah, I've actually seen uh, videos. I was like, this is weird, but I kind of like it. <laughs> like, this dude's just, just out and out trying to be a manager. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, good. <laughs> and he picked Chelsea Green, which I thought was, like, interesting. Zack Ryder's girlfriend. Woo, woo, woo. Yeah, I guess she's not the hot mess anymore. I guess she's just hot now. I don't know. <laughs> and by the way, that was another person that chimed in on the Tessa Blanchard thing. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, Chelsea Green was saying something too. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what else to say about this match. It, it was your tip. Here's my thing. Uh, I really like these matches because they were good and they were very nostalgic. But this could have been on their regular TV programming. These uh, matches, especially. Yeah. Especially this two out of three falls uh, women's tag team championship. Yeah, it wasn't like special or anything, mm-hmm. but it was a very solid match and it was fun and it was fast paced. Yeah, that's that's some kind of complaint that ignorant fans like to levy against like older wrestling. It's, like, it's slower. Mm-hmm. I, I hate getting in, in arguments with my brother about that because he's like, I can't watch eighties WWF. I'm like, dude, there's so many good matches that happened back then. Or, like, he doesn't even want to give a chance to, like, 80s WCW or, or anything like that either. My it's, th- like, a totally yeah. different style, though. Yeah, my thing with, like, old school wrestling, especially in the 80s and uh, some of early 90s, is, like, the TV wrestling was way too slow because they were doing their slow-burning uh, matches to build story. But, like, when they went to the pay-per-views, that's when it was, like, really, really fucking good. And that's how they sold fucking pay-per-views back then. Yeah, and it, it wasn't like all the matches were always, like, just kind of meh. Mm-hmm. Like, Raw had several matches for a while that were really great. Like, one of the best matches was, like, uh, I think Bret Hart and 1-2-3-Kid. Just on a Raw. Mm-hmm. 
And it's probably one of the best matches in WWE history, just period. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, do you have anything else to say before we rate this? No. Uh, Jumping Bomb Angels won with a double drop kick, which was kind of funny. It was, yeah. it was a super double drop kick. Sorry. And I believe Jesse Ventura was like, oh, that was a good drop kick. Yeah, he's like, whoa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> gave the baby faces a compliment. Yeah. I gave this a 6 out of 10. 6.75 out of 10. Oh, cool. So we're still, oh. we're still in the kind of same wavelength. Oh, you skipped over Dino Bravo bench press. Yeah, I was going to get to that. <laughs> okay. And then there was the Hogan and Andre contract signing. Yeah, so let's talk about the Dino Bravo. So <laughs> they, they kind of cut away to like Mean Gene, uh, Jesse Ventura, uh, Dino Bravo, and I forgot his like French uh, manager. What was his name? You'll never guess. I, I won't guess, so you're going to have to tell me. <laughs> Frenchie Martin. <laughs> he's just like he's French I don't know well you got half of it <laughs> Frenchie Martin but I, I liked how like every time Gene Okerlund was trying to get some kind of like answer out of him he just spoke French mm-hmm. and he was like I know you can speak English quit doing this <laughs> <laughs> it, it was probably one of the most stupidest but funniest segments I ever watched in my life this kind of encapsulates like why the 80s wwf segments were entertaining mm-hmm. like th- this went too long i think yeah but I, 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 by the time it was over i think this was done to try to build heat for dino mm-hmm. because he was in the royal rumble later <laughs> um but yeah i i could have done with maybe cutting five minutes of this <laughs> i think it would have been really funny uh even though they i i still am satisfied with the whole jesse ventura Helping him beat the record. Um, <laughs> it was great how they kept arguing about that the whole night after it. Yeah. <laughs> but I would have had Dino, like, at the end and be like, fuck you fans. You're not going to be quiet. I'm not, I'm not giving you a record. And he's like, and Jesse was like, give the guy a chance at least. Even if you don't like him, come on. He's <laughs> trying to break a record. Like, he was making a legit point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and it, it was just, it was funny. It was entertaining. Uh, you don't see that a lot in wrestling today at all. No, and that, that's like from a guy I think a lot of people forgot about too. Like, I mean, like it wasn't just Dino that made the segment. He was kind of a big part of it. But like uh, you could argue the people that did the heavy lifting in this <laughs> segment was Jesse Ventura and Gene Okerlund. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mean Gene, but fucking amazing. That guy, he's so great. Like I think people are starting to get that now because he just had this, this – weird understated like way of just talking to everybody and he has like his own sense of humor or something mm-hmm. very sarcastic so like anytime he's interacting with anybody it's like it's good mm-hmm. so did you want to rate that or at all or no no uh, i don't really I, I don't think you can rate segments really it's just do you, do you like it or not and it's like it was it was all right. It was kind of fun. It's just I just think it went a little too long. Was all. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get to the contract signing. Yeah, brother. I miss pay per views contract signings. They should have them more often, where you're building off of Royal Rumble to build WrestleMania. 
You don't yeah. you don't need to have your champions face each other at Royal Rumble or at at least every pay per view. No, especially if they insist on having all these like lesser pay per views, as I'll call them. Mm-hmm. Like, if they insist on having fucking uh, extreme rules, and I can't even remember all the names of them anymore, besides the obvious gimmick ones like Money in the Bank and Hell in a Cell. Mm-hmm. Like, instead of having world title defenses on these shows they they shouldn't that should be like a big draw for like the big four shows or something mm-hmm. but i know they can't fucking do that now it's too far we've gone too far as jim Cornette would say you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube brother <laughs> it's, it's it's too late <laughs> yeah but uh obviously Andre doesn't speak that often, and when he does, it sounds funny as fuck. It's hard to understand what he's saying sometimes. I don't care, though, because it's Andre. Mm-hmm. The potato. That's I'll try it. to listen very. I'll try to listen and, and understand as hard as I can when he's talking. Mm-hmm. He's got my attention. So the main thing... Um, so Ted DiBiase bought Andre's contract from Bobby Heenan. So that's why he Andre's with uh, Ted DiBiase, and Ted DiBiase wants the WWF Championship so he could buy it off of Andre, so he can be champion. Mm-hmm. Because he can't win. <laughs> so he's like, if I can't win, then I'll buy it. And it's genius. It's fucking genius. <laughs> this is this is why people hated Ted DiBiase. We need to have more people like Ted DiBiase who just fucking buys the championships. I think it would be... That's, a... That same story is also what led to the Million Dollar Championship. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, you know what happened? Andre fucking fails and he can't get it. And then Andre turns on Ted DiBiase and returns babyface. And then eventually DiBiase's just like, I created this belt since I can't win one. And it's worth a million dollars. It's not actually worth a million dollars, but yeah. And his and his Virgil holding the money. <laughs> he's always holding the money, and he's like sneering mm-hmm. at the camera. That's Soul Train Jones, brother. Get it right. <laughs> so, what do you think of the segment? Um, I thought it was just kind of okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it was somewhat entertaining. Like especially when DiBiase would mug for the mic and the camera, uh, and whenever Hogan got to talk a little bit. Uh, it just, I think it, they milked it a little too long again. Mm-hmm. Like, especially when Andre was like just flipping through the pages and shit. And then Vince is like, what is he doing? His, his legal representative has already read this <laughs> and approved it. Like, it's like, I hear you. Why, why are we, why do we have to watch two minutes of him flipping through pages? And, <laughs> and the president of Jack Tunney was there. So that was, I miss having a president pretty much like that should be the authority figure for every federation the authority figure used to in this in this time the from the eh, mid 80s to i guess mid 90s there was like there was an authority figure but he almost never showed up as jack tunney Mm. and he would only show up for like really big things it would be like for a huge world title match contract signing, or he had to settle some kind of dispute, like a big dispute mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, and he, he just wasn't on TV all the time. 
Yeah, and I missed that. The, yeah. o- the only true authority that could ever be on uh, TV is Vince McMahon in, in the late 90s. That's about it. Yeah, it's, I don't Everybody else tried that shtick. And you could maybe even make an argument that Vince drove himself into the ground with that. Mm-hmm. It got to the point where even he was sick of being on TV. He didn't want to be on TV anymore. <laughs> and he tried to come up with ways to get himself off TV. But they always, he always comes back. If it, if it's not him, it's his family. You know what I mean? It's because that's because of USA. They mm. they think the McMahon's draw big ratings. They don't realize like they were just one part of the equation when it happened. Mm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I thought the thing went a little too long. The contract signing, um, Hulk Hogan just being Hulk Hogan like usual. It's entertaining. Mm. It's just. I don't know. He did a he did an actual promo later that was pretty good. Yes. Not not the best Hulk Hogan promo, but it was pretty good. It was it was fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it's passable. Like I said, they should be more contract signings and pay per views. It, it sells other pay per views. All right. So do you want to get into the Royal Rumble? This is it. This is the big event in the middle of the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's if which felt really weird, but I have a note about that too, where I feel like like it's it's obvious at this point in time still that I don't think Vince has fully formed or figured out the idea of like the pay per view event exactly. Mm-hmm. Like this is still brand new territory for him. Like he did the WrestleMania and he did another WrestleMania, and then I think there was a Survivor Series already at this point. Mm-hmm. I think Survivor Series came next before Royal Rumble. And then Rumble. And then I think SummerSlam was last. Yeah, you, I could be I could be wrong about that, but I think either way, I think that's how it went. Yeah, you could tell that this Royal Rumble was kind of like I Vince was like, I don't know if this is gonna work, so let's just roll with it. This was a Pat Patterson idea, the Royal Rumble was. Mm-hmm. And uh like yeah, it was just, I think this is more like a special event type show, mm-hmm. uh, judging from how it went. Because there's a lot, there's a few of those that are actually on the network, like called the, there's one called the Wrestle, Wrestle Vision Classic. And uh, there's another one called the Big Event. And it's sort of like a pay-per-view. I think it was like a closed circuit, you had to buy it thing. Mm-hmm. But like... Nobody knows about those. Nobody talks about them. So it was just, I think this was like this. It just ended up getting bigger and bigger over time. Yeah, but I, and the first ever Royal Rumble was not 30. It was 20 wrestlers. And uh-huh. I'll quickly name them for you. You had Bret Hart. You had Tino Santana. You had Butch Reed, Jim Neidhart, Jake Roberts, Harley Race, Jim Bresnel, uh Sam Houston, Danny Davis, Boris uh, Zucco. Yeah. Uh, Don Morocco, Nikolai Volkov, Jim Duggan, Ron ba- Bass, uh, Brian Blair, Hill- Hillbilly Jam, uh, <laughs> Dino Bravo, the world record breaker, uh, yeah. the ultimate warrior, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> one man gang, and junkyard dog. Uh huh. Pretty good little lineup, really. There's a lot of notable wrestlers in that rumble. You could definitely tell the young generation during that time with Bret Hart. Um, 
I, I wouldn't say Jim Neidhart is was young, but he, he, pretty much they were the upcomers. You know, the Hart family. Uh, obviously, the Ultimate Warrior. You're like, who is this guy? He's fucking intense. Uh, who else? I was surprised he got thrown out so quickly. Mm-hmm. Like it, like Ultimate Warrior came in kind of late. I think he was like 17. Yeah, and he got uh, eliminated by Dino Bravo and One Man Gang. I was like, what the fuck? Like they threw Ultimate Warrior out that fast? <laughs> yeah, they they made like the One Man Gang like super overpowerful for uh, uh, Jim Duggan. <laughs> one Man Gang at that time was kind of a big heel in WWF. Mm. Uh, I think this was around that time. And the thing with Ultimate Warrior, I was trying to think about this, and I think Ultimate Warrior still wasn't like super over yet. Like he he didn't have the mega push yet. Like he, I think at this time was around when they started building to that. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong, but I, I I think this is just like like when he first debuted, he was called the Dingo Warrior, <laughs> and he. I don't know. He beat some jobbers and stuff, and he did that for a while, and then he was Ultimate Warrior, and then he started getting some traction. Yeah, so I'm I'm doing uh, we got one, two, three, four, uh, five, six, six eliminations by one man gang. Yeah, he clean he cleaned house, <laughs> mm-hmm. but he was like the biggest guy in there. Yeah. And he looked funny in his little costume. <laughs> so it's, just, it's just like, oh, it's One Man Gang. Like, I don't really have very strong feelings for One Man Gang. Like, I just think, like, ah, oh, he's all right. I remember him being, like, all right fat guy wrestler for that time period. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jake Roberts got a pop. He got the biggest pop, I think, mm-hmm. in that whole match. And then people were calling for DT. They wanted to see the DT so bad. And you know what? He never got to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He was eliminated by the one-man gang. <laughs> yeah, like like Brett started out with Tito Santana, and it kind of made me just want to see a match with Brett Hart and Tito Santana, <laughs> like the way it was going. I I agree, and uh, like I said, Brett Hart shined in this match, especially him and uh, Jim Neidhart. Mm-hmm, yeah. I was like, oh, this is fucking cool. This is kind of like pre-Heart Family. Uh, I was said bullshit. Uh, but, <laughs> like, the Heart Dynasty, like, forming right there in front like, of your eyes. Yeah, like, that, that's when they were the Heart Foundation tag team with Jim Knight, or, or Jimmy Hart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jimmy Hearts. <laughs> it, not not the, the faction that everybody came to know in the late 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... Yeah, they were, that's another thing that was really great about WWF back then was the tag team division was, like, super good in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And they were they were a piece of it. Yeah, and with this Royal Rumble, like, you knew who were the big dogs, and I'm not talking about Junkyard Dog. Um, you knew who were the, the main people that were strong, and then you had, like, people like Volkov and Zukov, like, all the mid-carters in there that just got... You know, eliminated. Mid card heels. Mm-hmm. There's there's a few mid carders like Sam Houston and uh, I fucking forgot about him. <laughs> like Sam Houston, I was like, oh yeah, I think I remember him now. <laughs> Who was the one with the striped pants? Danny Dangerous Danny Davis. <laughs> and his whole thing with the striped pants was, uh, 
uh, Danny Davis was a referee, and then they did this storyline about how he was like cheating for somebody. I can't remember who it was anymore, but it was kind of a big angle back then. Mm-hmm. And uh, then, uh, as a result of that, he decided to become a wrestler. I guess in in storyline, the guy could have been a wrestler the whole time and just was a referee. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but like, that's why he wears that outfit. And honestly, he looks ridiculous. <laughs> and I think that's part of the gimmick is it gets some heat. Because if you notice in that match, every time Danny Davis was getting his ass kicked, people were like, yeah, beat his ass. Well, what was funny is uh, I did zone out at a portion of this uh, rumble. And then I got confused because when they said the one-man gang, and this was when still Danny Davis was around and one-man gang was actually in there. I thought they were uh, saying that Danny Davis was the one man gang because he had like a prisoner <laughs> outfit. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah, because I'm gonna be straight up with you. Like I know all the uh, bigger guys like Bret Hart, Jim Neidhart, uh, Ultimate Warrior, Jim Duggan, and all that. So like me not knowing who One Man Gang was and Danny Davis uh, like confused me. <laughs> there was uh like. Everybody in that in that match, I pretty much recognized, except for the other Russian guy, the one that wasn't Nikolai Volkov. That was the one where I was like, "Who?" Like I just I didn't know him at all. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Okay," so that that kind of surprised me that there was somebody I just did not know. Boris <laughs> um, Zukov. Yeah, Lar. Yeah, I I just don't recall him. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's see what else is here. There, you know what's weird about this match is there was this very clear babyface heel dynamic going on the whole time, mm-hmm. where it was like only the heels would fight the babyfaces and vice versa. And there was one moment where the the streams got crossed, and I, so one heel attacked the other one for like just a, a few seconds, and then it stopped. And I don't know, that might have just been genuine confusion or something, because that was probably a weird-ass fucking match for mm. everybody involved. <laughs> they, they were probably... I mean, they've done Battle Royals before, before Royal Rumble, correct? Yeah, but, like, I don't... I I can't recall if they were ever like that, or, like, if a lot of the people that were in that match ever participated in one before. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, you know, every territory was different in terms of what they would run. Like, I don't know if they had Battle Royals in fucking Canada... Like in Stampede Wrestling, where Bret Hart and Jim Neidhart kind of came from. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jake Roberts, I think, was in a few territories that did battle royals. I don't know if he was ever in one, though. Harley, so Ra- it, Harley, Harley Race was probably in a battle royale. Yeah, but he's probably done a bit of everything. <laughs> I got to <laughs> mention that when he did that that sell in the ropes, mm-hmm. where he kept bouncing back and forth like he was like a... Uh, like some kind of pendulum or some shit. <laughs> it's like, I forget. I think it was maybe, was it Jake Roberts punching him or something? Yeah, it was Jake Roberts. He kept punching him and like Harley was like tangled up in the ropes. And every time he'd punch him, he'd like fall back, hang on to the ropes, bounce back up, get punched again and keep doing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it kind of made me laugh more than it should have. Yeah, when Jim Neidhart got eliminated by Hillbilly Jim, like, Jim Neidhart was, like, fucking pissed. Like, he looked, like, legit pissed off. It was, like, amazing. Yeah, that was funny. There was, I also noticed a spot where, like, Jake Roberts pulled on Neidhart's beard. 
he like grabbed his beard and pulled the hair and then Neidhart was like ah fuck and he <laughs> ran away holding his beard it was hilarious mm-hmm. so I guess we'll say this like there was definitely a pop for Jim Duggan because he's the whoa oh yeah everybody kept doing ho and everybody would do ho mm-hmm. <laughs> I here's the thing I'll say about Jim Duggan I get his gimmick. During that time, everybody is like gung-ho about America this, America that. He was the pretty much the face of America, second to Hulk Hogan, I guess. Uh, Jim Duggan has a thing where he never sells anything. And it pisses me off. I will say in this Royal Rumble, Jim Duggan did sell for this Royal Rumble. But, yeah, he sold some. Mm-hmm. But if you look throughout his history in wrestling, he never sells anything and he never puts people over. <laughs> it's kind of true. <laughs> yeah. He always he always goes into that like Hulk Hogan mode where you know, he, America is behind his back and he just fucking owns everybody. Why didn't Jim Duggan ever challenge Hulk Hogan for the title, brother, if he was so invincible? Uh, it wasn't his time. What was that? <laughs> Yes, not. I didn't hear any instructions before this Royal Rumble, but did this Royal Rumble have a you'll get a guaranteed match, or was that later down the road? No, I was checking for that actually because I noticed they didn't say anything about it, and I had a suspicion that the Royal Rumble wasn't like that for a few years, and I was right. Mm. Uh, I think the first time that came up was the 1993 Royal Rumble. In in the 92 one, they they fight for the vacated. A world title so mm-hmm. i'm not going to say that was the start because that was different that has a different stipulation mm-hmm. but the 93 is when they started doing that and sure enough they did it every single time after yeah i like the comments where uh jesse ventura is like well, where's his four by four he left it outside <laughs> he's like yeah. he could really win with that <laughs> junkyard dog was like another one that he he was 20 and he got eliminated super fast, too, and that surprised me. Yeah, by Ron uh, Bass. And I was like, what the fuck? I thought Jerkyard Dog was like one of their big big guys still around that time. They, but they wanted, to put, yeah. they wanted to put Jim Duggan over. I guess. And then the final four, because you always got to talk about the final four, mm-hmm. ended up being Don Morocco, the original Rock, Dino Bravo. I, I, I got to say this real quick. I'm kind of... I, I really like Don Morocco, what I've seen of him from what 80s wrestling I've seen. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he's underrated. Like, nobody fucking talks about Don Morocco anymore. But and you couldn't really tell it in this match, I think. But if you try to watch some single matches with Don Morocco, like, it, he was really good. Like, I don't know what happened. He just kind of fell down the memory hole. Mm-hmm. Uh, Don Morocco, Dino Bravo, Jim Duggan, and One Man Gang were the final four. Yeah, and then the final two was Jim Duggan and uh, One Man Gang. He did the old, oh, he, he pulled the rope down and One Man Gang threw his fat ass out. He threw himself out. Well, Jesse Ventura kind of like predicted, predict, not really predicted, but kind of like foreshadowed what was going to happen. He's like, the only way Jim Duggan's going to win is if, you know, momentum from One Man Gang. And then he's like, oh, he pulled the rope over. <laughs> My favorite part of this whole thing, though, honestly, besides seeing Harley Race sell that ridiculous rope thing, and that part where Jimmy Hart was like, 
like Danny Davis and the Hart Foundation was still in there at the time. Mm-hmm. And then Bret Hart had been getting his ass kicked the whole time. He was like number one. He was still in there. And he was like dead tired at this point. <laughs> he starts yelling at Danny Davis. He's like, Danny, Danny boy, Danny boy, go over there and help Brett. Help Brett out. Help Brett out. And then like Brett, he went over to Brett and he started like, like patting him on the shoulders. Like, you okay, brother? And he was trying to get him to stand up. <laughs> it just made me laugh. I don't know. <laughs> um, My favorite part, though, is when after Duggan wins. And then Jesse Ventura says, of all the people to win this thing, it's him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. He just burned him so hard. Like, yeah, I knew Jim Duggan won this Royal Rumble. Uh, so, like, I didn't get chills when he... Uh... <laughs> I didn't get chills. Because <laughs> when I usually watch, like, old Royal Rumbles, I get those, like, all edge of my seat, even though I know who wins. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Like when uh, uh, whoever wins goes over, and you're like, yeah, he's the Royal Rumble winner. One of my biggest memories is when uh, I almost picked this Rumble. It was the first one Shawn Michaels won. Mm-hmm. And that's when we were ordering pay-per-views as a family back then. Um, I would always go to my grandpa's place. And I don't know. He might have been illegally getting them at the time. I can't remember. <laughs> but but uh, uh, like we'd always go to my grandpa's place and we'd watch WCW or uh, WWF pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. And uh, I watched the Royal Rumble that year. And that's the one where like Sean was in it for like ever. And then he won it. And it, there was a lot of tension. Because it was just like he, was, he kept going through everybody, but he was like so goddamn tired by the end of it. And it was like, can he do it? Can he do it? It's like, come on, you can do it. He did it. <laughs> Mine's, mine is uh, Royal Rumble 98. I love Is that the first one Austin won? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good Yeah, the, Any of the ones where Austin won are good. <laughs> uh, they just are. Um yeah, I knew Duggan won this ahead of time, too, and that's always, like, a head-scratcher when you tell people that. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know who won the first Royal Rumble? Who? And they, they, they say something like, oh, uh, Bret Hart, uh, Jake the Snake Roberts, or something, you know, somebody important. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not trying to rag on Jim Duggan or anything. But, and then you say, no, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. They're like, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, huh. That's the end of that conversation. <laughs> What a hack. What a hack. Oh, is he the guy you're talking about who you said, I'm going to make some controversial statement about somebody really like that a lot of people like or something. Yeah. I'm not a, I'm not a fan of Jim Duggan at all. I, I honestly kind of haven't never been either. Like I don't hate him or anything. I get the gimmick is just like, like I said, he never puts people over and he, he, he never sells when he gets hit at all. I never really like thought about not putting people over with him. I just always thought he was kind of dull. Mm-hmm. Like his, his work, it was always just football tackle. And then he punches a guy and then he throws him and ho. And I don't even remember what the fuck his finish is. He always does that weird smile from like the side. Is like not, you know, what's interesting about Jim Duggan though, what? is I've heard repeatedly from like listening to like, uh, you know, Jim Cornette's podcast and stuff. And when he talks to other people and everything like Duggan came from the other territories and I've heard repeatedly, he worked a very different style in those territories. I mean, uh, I, I don't know. 
because I never watch his old stuff. I only watch when he was in WWE. That's like Junkyard. That's like some other people that ended up in WWE later and is like, oh, he kind of sucks now. Mm-hmm. Like Junkyard Dog is another example of that. Like people kind of look back fondly on Junkyard Dog because uh, he did have a couple of big angles back then. Mm-hmm. But if people watched Mid South Wrestling and watched Junkyard Dog, they'd be like, oh man, he was like way better in Mid South Wrestling. Hmm. He let himself go and he got kind of fat when he went to WWF. <laughs> Something to think about. Yeah. So what are we going to rate this Royal Rumble? I'll, I'll let you go first. I gave it a 5.25 out of 10. I gave it a 6 out of 10. Okay. <laughs> the, the only reason I did that is because I was impressed by Bret Hart, Jim Neidhart, and uh, I can't really say like Ultimate Warrior because he was like quickly in and then quickly out. <laughs> it still shocks me. Mm-hmm. He's just in and out like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jake Roberts. I, yeah, he he's always good. Um, like, I don't know. Like, it wasn't bad necessarily, but I don't. It wasn't. It didn't have that hype level to it. It's probably just because it was the first one and it was like awkward, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I don't know. Like it just. It. I don't think it was clicked into place yet. There was there were things I liked. I mean, I talked about the things I liked. So yeah. All right. Well, you know, you would think this would be the ending, but it's not. So they put this one more match in there. Um... Before before that, there was a rah rah promo by Hogan. Oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot about that promo where he's just... He's There's like, nothing to really talk about. He's just like, brother, I'm going to beat him, brother. Mm-hmm. And Jack, that, that's kind of it. Yeah. <laughs> Typical Hogan promo. Yeah. So this match, and I'm going to be straightforward, but I did not give a fuck about this match at all. And I, I, didn't, I didn't at first, but I kind of got into it a little bit. Mm-hmm. I know you said you zoned out around this point. Yeah, because I was like, I like Haku. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the, I, I guess that's the only positive thing I could say is the Islanders are fucking awesome. Uh, stupid name, by the way. <laughs> just be like these Samoans, just call them the Islanders. They're from the islands. Yeah, and then you have the Young Stallions. Paul Roma and Jim Powers. Mm-hmm. And it... Uh, I'll let you explain this because you probably looked at uh, looked into this match more than I did. <laughs> yeah, uh, surprisingly, this was also a two out of three falls match. It was like, okay, why? I guess they were just filling time, mm-hmm. and uh, like, I thought it was like a pretty solid tag team match. Like, I. I kind of knew the Islanders already. I love Haku, Ming, whatever you want to call him. He's like one of the most legendary figures in wrestling. Mm-hmm. So anytime I get to see him, I'm like, yes, Haku. <laughs> like, like, I'm ready. And then Tonga, though, was there too. And uh, he's also really good. And I kind of forgot about that. Mm-hmm. And, and that I, actually, most of the time, I was, I was actually more impressed by Tonga than, than Haku. Uh, he was doing a lot of pretty cool moves in there. I think it, this, I think this was pretty much the start of uh, Vince McMahon going Samoans, yeah. It was because he said <laughs> he said something on commentary that was hilarious <laughs> in this match. I don't know if you caught it, but 
there was like uh, there's a point where Haku was in the ring and there was like a camera shot where it was on in the Islanders corner mm-hmm. and a uh, Tonga was out there and he had his foot on the bottom turnbuckle like you know he's just kind of propping his leg up kind of waiting um and Vince says look at or uh Tama, I keep calling him Tonga, but I think he was called the Tonga kid before or something. That's probably why. He's like, look at Tama's feet. He could probably hang upside down from on the ropes. Jeez. And then Ventura says, that sounds like a racist remark, McMahon. <laughs> I lost my shit. <laughs> he's like, oh, no, I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> he tried to, like, fucking course correct. Imagine he said that in today's culture. Oh, my oh, God. He would get fucking destroyed. <laughs> that was that was amazing. See, you missed one of the best parts of the show. <laughs> I, I, might, I might have to go back and watch that match just for the commentary. Oh, it was so funny. Um, Jim... <laughs> There was this part in the match where I, I got confused. It, I think Haku was beating up Jim Powers, and then, like, he did this weird sell. Like, he came off the rope and came back and then flopped to the ground, and nothing happened. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what the fuck? Did he just take, like, a phantom bump? <laughs> I I think he did. Like, I think he got confused. His wires got crossed, and he fucking took a bump from nothing. Okay, it's kind of weird. Yeah, uh, some wrestlers actually do that. To, like, I guess because they probably practice the moves and and stuff, so they just like, oh, this is where I'm supposed to fall. Yeah, he just uh, like said, wire got cross shit. I don't think he's trying to make him look bad. He's fucked up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roma tags in, his knee gets fucked up because they do the old pull the rope down trick, mm-hmm. and he falls to the floor, and. I could buy that from back then because back then half the time the floor was either concrete or they had those really shitty thin pads. Yes. And he just like landed on the ground. He was like, Oh fuck. And he was selling it good. Like his leg was genuinely fucked up mm-hmm. and they kind of went to commercial break. Cause he got counted out. He did the sell great too, trying to get back into the ring. Mm-hmm. He's like, Oh God, no, no, he was just in too much pain. He couldn't make the count out. So the Islanders won that fall. Yeah. They went to the second fall, and it was like Jim Powers was just the only guy left, and he got his ass kicked the whole time. <laughs> and Paul Roma tagged in, got his leg fucked up, and he lost. And, and that was it. And then they closed out the show. They closed out the show, and it was weird. <laughs> it just, um, I think it's weird because we're used to like Royal Rumbles and the whole pointing to the WrestleMania sign and having that like celebration. This one was like, this is the first Royal Rumble. We don't know if it's if it's going to be good or not. So we're going to put it in the middle, and then we'll have the Islanders close it out. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, it's, I'm not saying, like, oh, it was terrible because of this or anything. It's just, it's just kind of odd. It's just a strange feeling. that mm. that's just like what I was saying is, like, pay-per-view was still kind of like the way Vince McMahon was doing it was new. Mm. And uh, this, was a, this was a new big match idea anyway. Um. On this match, though, I liked all the stuff the Islanders did. And it's cool to see Haku in his prime. I'm pretty sure this is his prime. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll say, like, the stuff that I did see, I was really impressed with the Islanders. The Young Stallions, I was impressed with a little bit, but seeing Haku at this 
at this age and his prime, I, I liked. And that was the positive side for me having somewhat of attention to this match. Yeah, Roman Powers were just okay. Like, they did a couple things that were pretty good. I, I like Roman's selling. It was pretty good. and But they didn't have anything that really grabbed your attention, so to speak, you know? Mm-hmm. I gave this a 6.25 out of 10 because it was pretty good, but nothing to write home about. I gave it a 5.75 out of 10 because it's more my fault, but I gave the extra .75 because of the Islanders. You might have gave it a six if you listened to the commentary. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I could have. <laughs> so, uh, you got any overall thoughts about the show? Overall, I thought um, it was an okay pay-per-view. Um, obviously, the nostalgia of the 80s and seeing these old uh, good wrestlers was, like, awesome. But if I had to look at it as a whole, it, just, it didn't feel like a pay-per-view at all no and And i I, I I already explained that so there's no point in going back that shit (laughs) so i i i think that puts a negative to it but it it is what it is i mean it it's history yep you gotta consider the time when it came out Mm -hmm. um what's your final notes on it uh a lot of a lot of my final notes i kind of said throughout the the deal of us talking like Vince and Jesse are great. Mm-hmm. Uh, the special event stuff. I kind of talked about that. I, that's what it feels like. Um, when we were talking about like, Oh, you know, there was no world title defense or anything. I thought it was strange that there was no intercontinental title match or anything at all, though. Mm-hmm. I was like, where the hell's the IC title? And then I was like, where's Randy Savage at? Mm-hmm. Like I, I started thinking about that and I, I was like, he must be champion right now because like all the other people that could be champion at this time are here mm-hmm. and he's not here. So he must be champion. I don't know. So I'm like, where the fuck was he at? <laughs> the only championship that changed was the women's tag team championship. Yeah. There was no women's title match either. I think, I don't know who was champion at this point. It might've been Wendy director fucking Sherry Martell. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. Um, I'll also say, like, I don't know. It's kind of worth checking out for historical purpose, I guess, if you're into that. But if you want to maybe catch anything, I'd just catch that Rude and Steamboat match, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I think that, in my opinion, I think that match stole the show. That was the best match. Yeah. And that's putting over the Royal Rumble. And that's, that, that's something to say. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's, so what did you rate the overall show? Uh, I give it a 5.75 out of 10. I gave it a 6 out of 10. Okay. So yeah. you liked it slightly more than me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mainly because of Ricky Steamboat and uh, Jake Roberts. He's fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, he's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. All right, well, I, I we had another mega show almost. Oh, actually, it is two hours. We did two hours of wrestling talk. Uh, I guess I'll end it with this because I don't think we will have another show until after Royal Rumble. So who do you think is going to win the male and who's going to win the female Royal Rumble? Well, my guess already, I think I said, was Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. 
for male. Female, I honestly don't know. Like, I want. I guess I would say Ronda Rousey just for a what? You crazy? Because like, like news on her has been like dead quiet, and it makes me think like that's setting her up to just be a surprise Royal Rumble entrant. Mm-hmm. And besides that, like, I on the surface, you know, I haven't been watching the shows but I still watch the news and I catch clips. It doesn't seem like they're really building it any, you know, what for women. Yeah. They're not building a ro- the Royal rumble for them. Really? It, it, to me, it seems like, I don't know. Uh, the last time I checked, I, I know Charlotte and, uh, declared herself into the women's Royal rumble, but that's about it. Yeah, like, see, it's like one person said, I'm in it. And it's like, well, judging by the roster, most of the others are probably just going to be in it. <laughs> so, but uh, I guess a more realistic pick uh, would be Shayna Baszler, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, where if, if Ronda can't make it because her, her hand hurt, her back hurt, or whatever. <laughs> uh, uh, Baszler just lost the NXT title. I keep, I've kept hearing over and over they're ready to call her up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that would be a good one. And maybe if Oscar doesn't win, you could do Baszler, Becky, and Baszler beats her, and then you have a legit heel as champion. I think I'm going to draw a curve. <coughs> okay. I, I think Vince loves Corbin so much <laughs> that he's going to win the Royal Rumble. You know, honestly, like I used to not really like him. And not really be that impressed with him. Mm-hmm. Like it's weird. He went through like a kind of a peak Valley thing uh, to me. Cause like when he was first in NXT, I was like, he seems okay. I know he's like new to wrestling and everything. So I, I was like giving him a chance mm-hmm. and I thought he got okay by the time he got out of NXT. And then when he was on the main roster, I thought he kind of sucked. And then he started doing that Constable Corbin shit, and it was, like, so lame, but somehow he made it work. Mm-hmm. And he's still doing that. He's doing the R-Truth thing. He get, he gets given this awful shit, and somehow he makes it work. I think Vince knows that we hate Roman Reigns, so he's going to tease with the whole, you know, I'm Roman Reigns, I'm going to win this whole thing, and then all of a sudden Corbin wins it. Yeah. I... I don't know. That's an interesting pick. Mm-hmm. What about for women? I'm choosing this person because I think she needs a boost. Uh, when she came back, I thought she would get a boost, and especially when she was being all heel. But I think Sasha Banks is going to win the Royal Rumble. I'd be okay with that if she did. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I did. maybe that that'd be a good one there to do Sasha and Bailey again. Yeah, and then I, Sasha beats her. I, I think I think it would put her over and I think you'd have to give her the title whoever she faces and you have to give her a long run because she didn't get a chance at all. She she like always lost it within the next month. Yeah, within a month or so she out. Mm-hmm. Would you keep her would you turn her baby face or would you keep her heel though? I would keep her heel and turn Bailey back to a phase because she's just terrible at everything she does. 
she's awful, but I don't know what the fuck they could do to turn her back because it's been it's been so bad. I feel like it's damaged her, mm. and they have to come up with something I think good to get her back, babyface. Otherwise, it'll just be nobody will give a fuck. Well, what they could do is they could do uh, heel versus heel, but Sasha being more of the heel than Bailey. Oh, like she, you know, brutalizes her, cheats her, fucks her up, and yeah, I could, I could buy that maybe if if it's done well, mm-hmm. I could buy it. And then I guess you could somehow slowly turn Bailey back to face without even like doing it fully quickly and all that stuff. I gotta say, I was like ready for her to do a heel run. I was like, okay, let's see what she can do, just because I'd never seen it. Mm-hmm. And like after she's done it, it's not good. Yeah, just I, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know what to say with her. She's terrible at acting. She can't do promos. I don't know if she needs a manager, but I don't know. That's her weakness. But I don't know. She's like she's like Rick, uh, Ricky Steamboat. You don't turn her heel. You just don't. Mm-hmm. It won't work. <laughs> All right, I have another challenge for you. Uh, we're not going to pick the women's uh, number. But on the men's side, who do you think is going to win the Royal Rumble uh, at what number? You don't need to oh. say who it is. You just need to say a number. Oh, hell. Uh, uh, it's 30, right? Yeah, I believe 30. Okay. Uh, 17. I don't know. <laughs> that that number just stuck out to me for some reason. That's funny because I almost I was gonna say seventeen, but I'll use my second option. I'm gonna be ballsy. I think it's gonna be number five. Okay, so the these are our mystery Royal Rumble picks. Mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, I don't I don't know what we'll make it out of. We'll, we'll we'll do something fun with it. Whoever wins. So, what what are we gonna do? next because it's like I'm, we're supposed to watch the 92 rumble mm-hmm. and then but we keep a two-week schedule usually so that would put us at the 29th or maybe the 30th we were talking about switching to thursday maybe yeah um if you want to we could do another ne- next week we could do another episode so that we can get the 92 royal rumble and just i'll say this we'll stick it just to the 92 royal rumble We'll talk about uh, all the power stuff and AEW later, probably in on the following week, so that we don't do another two-hour show. <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't know. We had the thing with news, like we talk, we, we talk about news or something, or with power, it's like we like that product, so it's like we're kind of trying to sum up like the past three weeks of TV, basically, mm-hmm. and. Uh, some of these news stories can be deceptive. Like, it's like, oh, just talk about that real quick. And then you end up getting this big-ass discussion. That's <laughs> what always happens. So the 23rd, we'll do Royal Rumble 92. And then Sunday, we'll do uh, Hard Times. But uh, Wait, wait. When is... That's the Rumble Sunday, though. That week, I think. But the twenty fourth is it? When is hard times happening? Hard hard times is the twenty fourth. Oh, that's why I was saying maybe we could just do what we did last time and just do do it after the show. Okay, so we'll wow, we're gonna have a busy fucking. That's gonna this be pod, this pod's gonna blow up. Mm-hmm. This this is gonna be the week. <laughs> so twenty third, we'll do episode nine, uh, which will be Royal Rumble ninety two, 
And then Friday we'll do uh, Hard Times. We'll re- after the after the Bell special. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then I guess we'll save Takeover and Rumble on for Sunday. Okay, like after the show Sunday. Oh, you don't want to do that? I I, I thought that's what you were saying. Oh no! Like I don't, I don't think I could do that that week uh, on that weekend. Okay. Yeah, I don't either. think we'd be able to talk about it quickly enough because you know the fucking show ends up on eleven. Oh yeah, yeah. Never mind. I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. See, so I think we we we'll, probably have to save it till the thirtieth mm-hmm. somehow and try to like talk about it quickly enough. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's the schedule. So remember, twenty third, we are doing. Uh, Royal Rumble 92, and then Friday we're doing Hard Times uh, right after the Bell special. And then, uh, I guess, since it's new, we will the 30th we'll do the Royal Rumble review. That's another Thursday. Slash Takeover. Yeah, Slash Takeover. <laughs> and then we'll we're go, be busy. And then we'll go back to the bi-weekly <laughs> schedule. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, if you want to catch more of getting some color, maybe uh, maybe go to novnetwork.podbean.com or go to nerdreview.com. Uh, we're also on Spotify. We're also on iTunes, and we're also on iHeartRadio uh, podcast list as well. So if you want to catch us in there, you can. But uh, until next time, everybody, you guys have a good night and happy wrestling. Happy wrestling. Later. <laughs>